On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, we take a look back at the Young Stars tournament that just concluded, and I give you guys the players that I was most impressed with. We'll take a look at the Canucks' third line, a chance for this unit to be the do-it-all line that I'm very excited about. And finally, who are some moves the Canucks could do during training camp, and what's up with the Bull Horvat contract situation? It is Locked On Canucks, and it starts now. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. Of course, I'm your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me at Twitter at underscore process sports. That's underscore P-R-O-C. Triple S P O R T S. Uh, that spells process sports and Fred. And, and do not forget the underscore in the front. You can also find me on Instagram at process sports with an extra C in the process. <laughs> also, make sure you go on YouTube, type in locked on Canucks. We'll be the first thing that shows up because you know we are the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. And also, I want to thank you for making locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. As I mentioned in that cold open, Today's show, we're going to look back at the Young Stars tournament that concluded. I'll give you guys some players that I was very, very impressed with. Then we will dive into the Canucks' third line, continue our player grouping projections as training camp is it's here. It's here. Um, so we're going to be going through that. Um, and then we'll talk about the potential defenseman moves, defenseman retired. Uh, a couple of defensemen retired today. Um, one was the one that I was pushing for the Canucks to go after. Um, and then finally, we'll just recap on what's going on with the Bo Horvat contract situation. So without further ado, without wasting any more time, let's just get right into it. So the Young Stars tournament concluded the other day, and it was a great opportunity for fans to see Canucks, the Canucks Young Stars, exactly what it was for. Um, you know, the Canucks did not have a bad tournament. They went two and one. They had victories over Calgary and Winnipeg. Um, and while most of the Canucks high end draft picks like Jonathan, like Karamak, he was the first round pick did not play. There was a lot of players that did catch my eye. And one of them was Tristan Nielsen. Yes. Tristan Nielsen. Uh, maybe you do not know who he was. He was a former Vancouver giant who was signed by the Abbey Canucks back in 2021 after he finished his uh, WHL season. He had 11 points in 41 games. Um, and, you know, he's now, you know, he progressed to get some power play time. Um, and he's entering the second season. He, he should be in the top six in Abbotsford. Um, he made a very good impression, um, especially because he's been playing under coach Jeremy Colton, who will be the coach in Abbotsford. Um, he scored twice and he showed chemistry with Danila Klimovic, who I will touch on in a second. He played physically. He showed off his speed. He scored a beautiful goal against Calgary, which if you saw on social media, was a very nice goal. Um, I can see him projecting to be maybe not a everyday NHL player, but a guy that could be, you know, potentially, potentially, excuse me, fighting for a contract uh, in the NHL. Maybe, you know, getting some more time in case injuries come up and, you know, being like that pro depth player a guy that can bounce back and forth on a two-way deal uh, it can fill in, in at the nhl level uh, sparsely and also be a contributor on the ahl level 
I talked about him a second ago. Danila Klimovic, the 2021 second round pink, entering his second season with the organization. Uh, he's had 18 points in 62 games uh, in the AHL. Um, and he showed, every time he touched the puck on the weekend, it showed why he was you know, a high second round pick. Um, he's ready to take the next step. I think everybody kind of witnessed that. Uh, his passing, his playmaking, he played much smarter. You can tell that uh, the ability to play in North America grew on him. Um, and you know, he's understanding the, Ameri- the American game and he's playing that hockey sense is there. That hockey sense has been building. Um, when I looked at, when I saw what he was doing in the offensive zone, uh, instead of, you know, he was moving around the zone, trying to find open space, um, on his, he scored a goal and he was able to find some open ice on the side of the net to go to those tough areas and put it past the goalie. And that's what I want to see from young players. Sometimes when we look at young players, we kind of caught up in the, the highlight reel goals and the highlight reel um you know plays we get it lost we sometimes we lose the fact that hey like if they make the smart play they do this little things like finding open ice in the offensive zone to get you know yourself in a position where you can score that's just as big as playing um uh, you know showing flashes of high level skill because it shows it's sustainable it's a sustainable amount of success sustainable amount of skill set that can translate over to the pro game and when i saw what he was doing I think, you know, he can make us, you know, be a, a go-to guy in Abbotsford. Now, with these guys like, you know, Tristan Nielsen, Danilo Klimovic, I'm not saying they're going to make an impact in the NHL right now. Who knows? They might never. But if they can just add organizational depth um, and guys that can, you know, fill a hole in the organization in case injuries pop up, can fill in and the admirably, excuse me, fill in admirably in the big club when it is recognized upon them, uh, that's a win itself. You know, sometimes we get all consummated about, oh man, like this second round pick needs to pan out to be X, Y, and Z. Well, if that's not the case, but they can fill a role and be a pro player in this organization depth-wise, that can be just as big as of a coup because, you know, they fill a certain role um, that you will need. You know, injuries are bound to happen. Players are bound to get hurt. Um, so having the organizational depth is key. Uh, the next player will be Linus Carlson. Linus Carlson, excuse me. Um it's been a while for him. He was drafted in 2018 um, as a, in the third round. He's finally, uh, you know, be able to make his presence felt in North America. He's one of the top players at this tournament this year. Scored three times, including two times against the Oilers. Uh, he's been with the Canucks since 2019. He's now 22. Um, and I expect a 22-year-old at this age to be um, a player in the AHL at least. He has to play in the American League. Maybe the NHL, you know, he showed a lot of confidence, um, you know, and his, his, that goalie scored against the Oilers, I believe, where uh, he beat the goalie up high. Um, I think it was, he was beside the net. He's at a tough angle. He was able to roof it. And that was very impressive. Um, you know, he he has the skill set. Um, I'm kind of worried about, you know, if his game can, you know, his, his physicality and his skill set can, you know, transfer over. Um, but he's 22. He dominated in a tournament where there was a lot of younger players, as he should. So, you know what? I'll give him credit for that. He was supposed to dominate. He was very dominant. He looked very, very well in this tournament. Um, so, I'll give him credit for that. Now, I hope to see him play in North America more. Like I said, we haven't seen this player enough. It's been a long road. And now, we're finally going to chance to see Linus Carlson play in North America and see how his game is, what his game is all about, and how he can develop going forward and maybe even make that push to the NHL. Because he has a skill set like that. Um, but I want to see what he can do in Abbotsford. Um, I want to see how he grows in Abbotsford and what and how he can, you know, 
adjust to the North American game. That's a jump from Europe to North America. It's a jump, and it's hard for young players to adjust. But the player I was most excited to see and the one I was most impressed with who didn't uh, let, let, you know, he exceeded my expectations, excuse me, uh, was Archdeep Baines. Of course, the Surrey product. Um, he was just came off a successful season that, where he led the WHL on points. If we were signed with the Canucks, um, you know, he was a late bloomer, but, you know, I saw a lot of good stuff from Archdeep uh, in this tournament. It was, this, you know, the strong defensive play, physicality. Uh, you know, he took the puck to the net, scored the first goal in the tournament for the Canucks, and he did not look out of place, uh, you know, even with players that were drafted on anything. He fit right in. But the thing that I liked the mo- uh, most, excuse me, I liked the most about Archdeep Baines that really excited me was his hockey sense. Um, you know, his, he was able to read the defense, read the play, um, he looked very good, very comfortable out there and not out of place. And I'm looking, as I said the other day, I'm looking very much so to seeing RSD Baines play in Abbotsford. Like I said, a guy from Surrey, a guy who's from a visible minority, the Punjabi community, um, who can, who will be an attraction for fans in Abbotsford. And people from the lower man will want to go see this guy play because kids can relate to him. They can see this guy. And he's even spoken about how it means so much to him. And that's something awesome to see. Um, you know, we see a lot of these pro athletes that don't embrace, you know, playing in a, you know, or being a part of an organization where they're from because of all the pressure and stuff like that. But with this kid, this guy, man, he's showing that he wants to do it and he takes it seriously. So I love what I've seen from R.S.D. Baines, and not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. And I think he's going to have an impressive season in uh, Abbotsford this year. And I, you know, I'm rooting for him. And I know all of, uh, Vancouver's rooting for him because we want to see him do well. So those are the four guys that really, after this tournament, kind of you know impressed me as I kind of walked away from this tournament. Uh, that will do very well, and I think all these guys, all four of these guys, will. I'm not too sure if they're going to make an, any impact in Vancouver, but in Abbotsford, they will definitely be main key cogs in Abbotsford this year. Um, and you know, when I'm back home, I will not only try to go to a Canucks game, but definitely also try to go to an Abbotsford Canucks game. So that were my biggest takeaways from the Young Stars tournament. Uh, coming up after this break, I'm going to... <clears throat> coming up after this break, we're going to dive into the Canucks' third, third line as we're looking at our player projections and kind of what can we expect from them. But first, first things first, though, I want to talk to you guys about the fine folks at betonline.net. BetOnline is, of course, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easy way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the mo- the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Okay. Welcome back to Lockdown Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. So we talked about the Young Stars from it now. We're going to continue on with our player roster projections and how the hell this stuff's going to all figure out. So I talked about the Canucks fourth line the other day. Excuse me, as you guys on YouTube saw, I took a sip of my green tea. I'm doing a bit of a sore throat, so uh, the green tea, definitely a major key for that. But, um, yeah, so we talked about the Canucks' fourth line. Today, we're going to go look at their third line. 
And this line, I believe, is going to feature the likes of Vasily Podkolzin. Um, so I'm looking at Daily Faceoff. They have their projected Canuck lineup um, back in July. Um, now, do I completely agree with this? No, but let's just play it as out it is. So Jason Dickinson will be the center, Ilya Mikheyev and Vasily Podkolzin. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like this. I would actually see Podkolzin on the second line and Garland on the third line, but let's just play it like this. I think this line can be very impressive. We know what Ilya Mikheyev can bring into uh, this roster. You know, he can score goals. He scored 20 goals last year. He'll be key on the penalty kill. Um, he'll be a crazy on chance with his speed, and he has that skill set. Vasily Podkolzin, you know how high I am on him. I think his worth ethic is impressive. I love everything about the kid. I think he's destined to be a top six player. That's why I want to see him start the season off in the top six. Um, but he plays, again, both those guys play kind of that two-way sandpaperish game that way. You know, they're not afraid to get into the dirty areas um, and play that game. Now, Connor, sorry, not Connor Garland, Jason Dickinson was brought in to be the third-line center last year, and it did not, did not work out whatsoever. Uh, it failed horribly. He did look like he forgot how to play hockey, Jason Dickinson, and everybody wanted him gone this offseason, and of course the Canucks couldn't get rid of him because nobody wanted to take on uh, that contract. Um, but when I look at Jason Dickinson, if he can stay healthy and just play serviceable minutes, just win some face-offs, kill some penalties, and that's it. And let Mikheyev and Pod Colson do their thing in the offensive end and on the defensive side. If they can just do that, they have a chance to be very, very good. I think I think with this third line, when I look at a third line of an NHL team, right? When I look at what I want my third line to be, I want it to be a line that can A, match up against another team's you know, top six and shut them down. Well, Ilya Mikheyev, Jason Dickinson, and Vasily Podkolzin, you know, Podkolzin maybe not so much, but they can play in the defensive end um, and they can be responsible in there. Um, I want to see Podkolzin be a bit more, you know, be responsible in the defensive end and continue to grow that aspect of his game. Excuse me. Uh, I want to see him take that step, not only on the defensive side, but just continue to round out his game the full 200-foot game. So when I look at my third line, I want them to be the matchup against another team's top six. Have offensive zone time, which these guys have, have some skill to put the puck in the net because we know, as I mentioned before, in this NHL, you need four lines of players that can score or produce. And two of those three guys, at least I believe, in Paul Colson and McCabe will be able to produce. Now, even if you drop Connor Garland down to that line, I love Connor Garland's game. He plays that kind of junkyard dog type of game that I think it will work very well with Ely McKay and Jason Dickinson. I actually think you put Pod Coles on the second line with Horvat and Kuzmenko and you rock it out with Dickinson, Garland, and McKay. That would be a very good line because Garland plays that sandpaper game. McKay's got the speed. Dickinson can be a responsible center if all goes well. That's actually my optimal third line. Um, I think that could be very, very, very solid third line. A line that can chip in offensively, can be responsible defensively, and can also be a bit of an agitator with the Connor Garland factor and piss other teams' top players off, which is very critical in my opinion because I know people don't like the whole trash talk thing and get under people's skin, but that is a very big part of gamesmanship. And if you want to win games, I, I mean, for me, like when I used to play hockey, um, I was a guy that used to, you know, I needed to get under the, my, the other team's skin to fire me up because I know 
that's what made me play harder. Now people might say, well, that's not the wrong way to think about it, but that was the way I was, right? Um, so when I look at that third line, the whole fourth line was revamped, right? This third line, I need to see a bounce back season from Jason Dickinson. I need to see it um, because whether he likes it or not, or fans like it or not, he has to play an integral part in this roster because he's going to be getting a lot of minutes. Now, could we see Curtis Lazar step up? We could, right? I, I want to see Dickinson first. I'll give him that opportunity. But if I'm Bruce Boudreaux, I have a short leash on him and I'm not afraid to drop him down to the fourth line and put Curtis Lazar up if Curtis Lazar deserves to move up in the lineup. So we'll see what shakes out with this third line. Um, again, whether it's Garland and Mikheyev or Mikheyev and Pod Colson, um, or even Garland and McKay and Pod Colson, whatever they do, I think there's a lot of options there on the wings. Uh, the key is Jason Dickinson, though. He has to be the Jason Dickinson in Dallas, who was a solid third-line center. If he can become that and return to that form, the Canucks will be okay um, down the middle in that front. So we'll see. Uh, training camp is going to be – preseason is going to be interesting to see how this stuff pans out. Um, so let's see how Bruce Rujo does come training camp and the first couple scrimmages and how this thing will shake up. But coming up after this final break, I'm just going to touch on a few news and notes from around Canuckland, including uh, Bo Horvat's contract extension. Uh, and could Ethan Bear be an option for the Vancouver Canucks? Welcome back to Locked on Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. Um, before we finish the show today, I just want to say... Uh, I'm kind of upset. Now, this morning, P.K. Subban announced his retirement from the NHL, essentially killing all the P.K. propaganda I was spewing about bringing him into Vancouver. Um, of course, I thought if you got a P.K. Subban that was highly motivated and highly ready to play, um, then, you know, I think you would have had him there. Now, it's clear, you know, he probably wasn't going to get a contract that he wanted and he thought he was deserving of. And let's be face it, he's got the personality for media. Uh, so he took the, probably took the money and will be on ESPN or TNT or something down south and thrive at it. Like I said, P.K. Subban, Norris Trophy winner. Uh, it's electric player in his prime in Montreal. Uh, and in Nashville in the early years. You know, a great player. Uh, kudos to P.K. Uh, I don't, you know, as much as it pains me to say, kudos to Zeno Chara. Uh, on a great year, retiring at the age of 45. Um, who can remember, you know, the captain of those Bruins back in 2011 that defeated us. And he hoisted the Stanley Cup at Rogers Arena. The first man to hoist the Stanley Cup in Rogers Arena. Yeah, that still hurts. Um, but kudos to them. So what is next for the Canucks on the defense court? P.K. Subban has been has now elected to retire. Um Nils Lundqvist, of course, is no longer available. Uh, he was traded to Dallas. Um, so Ethan Bear, and apparently the Canucks are definitely interested in Ethan Bear, the former Edmonton Oiler who is now in Carolina. Uh, there looks like he's on the move to be traded. Um, and people now are wondering what's it going to cost. You know, he was the, the 124th overall pick in 2015. Uh, you know, he showed glimpses of being a top four defenseman. Um, you know, he's a bottom role guy. Um, you know, I, I like his game. It's decent. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to go nuts with the points, but I think, you know, if he can play a solid defensive game, that could be something that, you know, the Canucks can do, you know, he's 
only 5'11", so he's not physically massive, uh, but he can't help with a defense score. Um, but what will it cost the Canucks to get him? You know, right now his contract is on the books for $2.2 million, uh, after he will become an RFA. It's a little bit much, you know, a little bit much um, for a bottom, a bottom line defenseman, but it might be something to, you know, to consider. Could it be a trade where we give, you know, the Canucks give up a guy like Niels Hoaglander, um, you know, where you sell low on him, but he's still just 21. And he had a good rookie year. He had a bit of a sophomore slump. I'm not too willing to give up on Niels Hoaglander just yet. Um, yes, he did clash with Bruce Boudreau, um, and he's not in the top nine, but I want to see what he can do. I want to see what Niels Hoaglander can do. Uh, there was the Jason Dickinson or Tanner Pearson thing. That would be... Um, more inclined to do uh like i said you could probably move uh curtis lazar up um and you know the money is pretty much the same dickinson would be an extra four hundred thousand. um so it would be interesting to see how that would work out uh, tanner pearson uh i don't know if they want to take that 3.2 million dollar cap at carolina for tanner pearson the guy who's I don't think there's going to be playing that much in Vancouver this year. So do I think Ethan Bear is a possibility? Absolutely. But it's going to be at what, what cost? Now, if it's Niels Hoaglander, I would want something added to that from Carolina's side because Niels Hoaglander is still a young player with some upside. Uh, Dickinson, Pearson would be more inclined to do something like that. Again, but I don't know if Carolina, they're not a, a dumb franchise. I don't know if they want to do that. Uh, so we'll see what transpires over the next couple of days and if the Canucks are really... Um, interested and we'll make a move for that. But let's tough finish up on Bo Horvat, where Elliot Friedman said they are not close on a deal, uh, but that doesn't mean much. Of course, the Canucks and JT Miller were nowhere close, and a few days later, a deal was done. Uh, Friedman even said that um, the Canucks could basically get this deal done right away if they wanted to. Uh, he said he does believe that the Horvat contract will be more than $7 million per season, uh, at the very least, if not over eight which kind of shocked me because I don't know. I didn't think Bo Horvat, now he is two younger than JT Miller, who just got $8 million. I don't think Bo Horvat's going to get $18 million. I think that's more you know his agent putting something out there or something like that. Um, so, I like I said, guys, I'm kind of wary on that. I think the Horvat contract gets done probably in the next couple of days if I was to take a, make a bet. On it, I would say by Friday, this contract is signed, sealed, and delivered, uh, mostly because the Canucks like to get their deals done on Friday. Um, so I think there's nothing to worry about. Like I said, they're not going to trade him. Patrick Alvin said he's a part of the core. Uh, Bull Horvat will be here. He'll we'll sign the full long-term deal, all of that. I think it's just getting the right number. Probably, you know, whether it's going to be all signing bonus, all of that little small details, and no trade calls, how that's going to work out. So I don't have a worry about the Bull Horvat deal. Uh, that's going to get done. Um, and once that gets done, it will conclude a very successful offseason in the Vancouver Canucks, um, in the realm of things, I believe. Um, so I think, you know, the Canucks, you know, had a very good offseason. I'm excited for training camp to start. It's right around the corner. Uh, preseason games are only a few days away. Uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait, guys. I am so fired up for the season to start. Um, and remember, keep it locked in to Locked On Canucks, uh, your first listen every day. Uh, tomorrow, we'll dive into the Canucks second line. We're getting to the top six now. We're going to get all the nitty-gritty and all the fine details. Talk more with the Canucks, more about as we tra- prep for training camp. But now, I want you to make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast 
on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Guys, take care. Stay safe. And I'll talk to you.